When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? Welcome to There Can Only Be One, the podcast that puts together the all-star best of of your favorite bands and artists. And this one is going to be probably bittersweet for some of you because we are talking about Linkin Park. And I, I don't care what year it is, it's still too soon, right? It, it's yeah, We still miss Chester Bennington and we miss the music that Linkin Park did. But I have the perfect guest host for this one. Someone whose uh, Linkin Park's music meant a lot to Gomez from the Sleevy G Show is here. Gomez, welcome back to the show. How you doing, man? Dude, awesome to be back with you again. It's great to hear you. Um, ex- I was excited when I mentioned this to you and you, you and I were like, let's just get it done. So um, I've been dying to talk Linkin Park since Playlist Wars days. And I've been, uh, this is just a great opportunity to do it, man. Now, when we were talking about this, you were mentioning that Linkin Park, you know, the, the music has meant a lot to you. So what is it about Linkin Park that made you want to go into this deep dive? I'll tell you, Linkin Park had some great songs because it, it, I feel like it attributed some parts of my life to um, some songs that we'll be talking about, you know what I mean? And and I'll tell you, it, just hearing Chester's voice, uh, Mike Shinoda, Everybody in the band was just so freaking amazing. You know what I mean? That was just the true, like, last, not the last, I shouldn't say that, but probably one of the true most rock and roll hip-hop band ever. Better than Limp Bizkit, of course. But, you know, but, you know, just their passion to the music. What Chester did as a frontman on the mic with Mike Shinoda is just unreal. You know what I mean? And go from the heaviest of metal to to play one of the best power ballads there is out there. You know what I mean? They're just, they truly, it hits home a lot for me because it's a lot of parts of my life where I had some bad times and these, some of these songs just resonate so deep for me. Oh, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up Limp Bizkit because the one and only time that I was fortunate enough to see Linkin Park live was actually on Metallica's Summer Sanitarium tour. And yeah. it was Metallica, of course, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, uh, Mudvayne and the Deftones and Linkin Park I kid you not was the best sounding act that night now I need to put this into perspective okay the show was held at what was then called the Sky Dome of course now it's the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play <laughs> and this is 
literally 24 hours after I had seen Queensryche and Dream Theater and Fates of Warning all together in a smaller hockey arena show uh, just outside Toronto. So already the ears are a little dull. But And the problem here is that the roof was closed. And anyone, anyone who has seen a concert at the Rogers Center knows that when the roof is closed, the acoustics are going to bounce. But Lincoln Park played so well despite that and they sounded so good fun no brennan and i got to see them before they changed their name to lincoln park oh during the gray uh, days during the hybrid theory day as they as their number one album you know what i mean mm-hmm. they were hybrid theory before they were lincoln park and brian and i got to see him in a little bar in new jersey called the Birchill that does not longer exist and uh i got to see i got to see them there man and uh they put on a hell of a show and I got to see them a couple more times and uh, I was just thankful to get to see them live. But hearing the music to this day still resonates to me very much. If the last three years have taught us anything, whenever you get a chance to go see the band before you can't see the band. And I'm glad that both of us got the chance to see the band, but let's prepare the listeners for what we're about to do. We are going to go through eight studio albums from Linkin Park's discography. We are not going to mention any live albums, compilations, or remix albums, because there's a few of those. Now, we are going to make one notable exception in that sense, and that we're going to talk about Collision Course during the show. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to, when you consider that you have one of the biggest rock bands of the day and one of the biggest rappers of the day with Jay-Z, and they decide, hmm, let's, let's do a mashup album together. You kind of have to talk about that. Oh, yeah, you have to. We also aren't going to talk about any songs that were only on soundtracks so i want to give a a quick shout out to the latin jukebox podcast because they mentioned new divide from transformers revenge of the fallen so thank you for mentioning that song it is a good song uh unfortunately we're not covering that album we also have some shout outs not just from the uh, the latin jukebox but from brian colburn over at my weekly mixtape and from tom austin morgan from the band biographies podcast they chimed in with with their full discography so they're they're here to play along as well so we're going to shout them out throughout the show. But and we actually had I actually had two shout outs myself, too. I think uh, Marriage Universe, She Said Heavy, uh, was one of the better songs towards the end. Mm-hmm. And one of my good friends, uh, Lupe um, Dragon, she's another up and coming artist in New Jersey. She was awesome and she had lost on that, too. So, you know, oh, shout are, out to them, too. Those are some good, good, good songs. And thank you all for chiming in on social media, whichever channels on social media that you chimed in on. But let's get the party started here with Hybrid Theory. The album was released October 24th, 2000. The band is Chester Bennington, Mike Shinoda, Brad Delson on guitars, Joe Hahn on turntables, and Rob Borden on drums. The album hit number two in the US, Austria, and Germany. It also hit number one in Australia and New Zealand. It is 12 times platinum in the US, six times platinum in Britain, five times platinum in Australia, New Zealand, and Canada three times platinum in Germany and platinum in Austria, Switzerland, and France. There are four singles off of this album. In the end, hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100. That was the highest charting of those songs. Brian, Tim, and the Latin Jukebox all went with Paper Cut off this album. Of course they would. Of course they would. (laughs) But but Gomez, I'm going to throw it to you. Hybrid Theory, what have you got? 
So Hybrid Theory, I had a go. I, I loved Paper Cut. Don't get me wrong. Great song. This whole album was probably one of my most difficult albums, but I went with In the End. Um, reason why, just there was a part of in my life where I thought I was at the end of my at my ropes. You know what I mean? Not figuring out what was going on. And this song just, you know, like the lyric said, at the end, it just didn't matter. I picked myself up and look at me now, man. You know, I'm just happy where I'm at. And that song just resonates for me. There were a lot to choose from off of this album. And one of the things, too, that I think is it's not just the music with them. Like, there's a lot of good, you know, just lyrical messages in there in a lot of their mm-hmm. albums that you know if you're listening to it and you know depending on how you're feeling at the time there's something for you to connect to paper cut was definitely on my short list as was forgotten however one step closer is the one i'm going with here this to me is kind of like that that almost perfect rager song mm-hmm. it's it's almost iconic when you take a look at the band's sound. Yes, in the end, great song. Zero, zero question there. Oh, yeah. Paper cut, phenomenal song. But one step closer, this to me is the make sure the windows in the car are rolled up because you're going to scream along. And oh, yeah. The last thing you want to be is beside someone on the highway going, I'm one step closer to the edge and I'm about to break. Feels like morning rush hour traffic to me. That sounds like a New Jersey traffic too, you know, I will agree. But that, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was hard to choose that. It was, it was going to be one of those two songs for me. It was either in the end or, you know, um, Oh God, I just had a brain fart today. I've been brain farting. Uh, one step closer. <laughs> my my brain's been out of my butt somehow today. And I, um, I think the key thing too, is that it's, it can't be overstated just how important this album was in the musical zeitgeist at the time. Like this was, and yes, we're talking 2000, so we're talking the year after Woodstock 99, but this album really kind of launched, while new metal was, you know, was a thing, of course you had Corn and you had Limp Bizkit and whatnot, yeah. but this but, brought more of that closer to electronic kind of techno kind of vibe to it. They did everything you could think of, and Lincoln Park mashed it all up into one freaking band. And you know, no, no disrespect to Corn, Limp Bizkit, and all that, but this is all this is all them. I feel like Lincoln Park paid tribute to all of them and mashed it up to one of the greatest bands ever. And I think the, the the key thing for Linkin Park as well is that, well, musically, they were hitting someone like the same kind of ragey riffs that, that were coming out. Lyrically, mm-hmm. it was different. You know, if you listen to Corn, if you listen to Limp Bizkit, you're, you're getting a much different lyrical vibe. But when you listen to Linkin Park, you know, yeah, sometimes they're angry, not going to lie. But a lot of times, too, they're much more inspirational. We now move on to Meteora, released March 25th, 2003. We have a member addition to the band at this point. Dave Farrell has been added as bass guitarist. The album hit number one in seven countries. It is seven times platinum in the U.S., four times platinum in Australia, Germany, and Canada, triple platinum in Britain and New Zealand, double platinum in France, and platinum in Austria and Switzerland. There were five singles off of this one. Numb was the highest charting. It hit number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number two on the mainstream rock charts. However, Faint 
hit number one in New Zealand. Brian ended up going with Don't Stay. Tom chose Breaking the Habit. And Latin Jukebox went with Somewhere I Belong. So, Gomez, what have you got? Let me tell you, I said the first one was hard, so was the second one. Listen, Numb, one of my favorite songs, Breaking the Habit, Figure 0.09, Faint, Hit the Floor, Lying From You, Somewhere I Belong, Don't Stay. These are always amazing songs. But again, when it came to the time period of my life, Somewhere I Belong was one of it. Because this is where, again, I was kind of lost in my life. This song is another one that resonates in the end because I was looking for somewhere, where do I belong? Where, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And Somewhere I Belong just became that theme for me. And, and again, I belong now and I'm at a point of my life. I'm super thankful for everything that I've been through. And the, it just pays tribute to where I'm at right now. So Meteora is Somewhere I Belong, man. That's my number one on that. So I got to go with my boy Andres from Latin Jukebox on that one. You say that this was a hard album to pick from. Yeah. This is where I counter that and saying this was this was the no-brainer for me. Let me explain. You know me, I'm a video editor. And oh, yes, I, 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 <laughs> I have talked about on this show enough times sometimes how the visuals kind of help sell the song. When the video for Faint hit the airwaves. Mm-hmm. You know, performing in front of like the the blinding stage lights and whatnot, and it was just, it was a vibe, and yeah. it was it was a great rager too. Like this video sold this song to me, and it's not even like there's there's much to it. You know, you take a look at the in the end video. There's a lot to that video, but I don't think it's their best video. I think this encapsulates everything you want, not just out of a a Linkin Park song, but what a Linkin Park show could feel like. It brought that kind of energy to it. And I don't think those those moments, those videos, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a marketing tool. We get what a music video is. But mm-hmm. sometimes it, it it's kind of like seeing the song live for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the video is, is the best thing to a performance you're going to get, depending on if you get a chance to see the band live. And this definitely left an impression. I would actually say, for me personally, I think it's their best video. It is. It's one of them. Um, Somewhere I Belong is one of them. In the end, it was another. Uh, 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 Figure point oh nine was used in the movie SWAT with Colin Farrell. You know, I, I can continue on. <laughs> you know, again, all their videos made sense. Numb was another great video, too, actually. Oh, yeah. Like... They had some stellar music video directors working on those on those clips. And, you know, it. this is, of course, when, you know, MTV and Much Music were actually still playing videos at the time. Like, music videos, you know, in that day, it was a thing. And mm-hmm. I miss the days of a proper music video channel with oh. with VJs who knew what they were talking about. Um, it was musically entertaining, visually entertaining, and they brought knowledge to the show. And then, you know, the, the live performances, there's actually a a much music documentary that that's now on prime video. And it makes me miss those days. I I wish we still had a channel like that. And I I think the market's right for it. It's just a matter Mm -hmm. of, 
you know, people can watch the videos anytime they want, but I think that kind of takes the specialness out of it. It does. And I just feel like the, the music videos of now, which is surprisingly you find them, you know what I mean? But it's all streamed on YouTube or, um, you know, once in a while, um, MTV does have the old school, like VJs, like MTV, uh, 90s block and all that. And you get to see the, 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 the nostalgia of the videos that we used to watch. And anytime I see Lincoln Park, I'm just like, wow, I forgot about that video, how great it was. You know what I mean? So music, the music videos might've died a little bit, but let me tell you, the music will never die. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. We now move on to our Rule Breaker album of the show, Collision Course, the EP that Linkin Park did with Jay-Z. Um, this is basically mashing up songs before mashing up songs was cool, like it is now. Now we know everyone got the idea. The album hit number one on the Billboard charts. It is double platinum in the U.S., Ireland, and Canada, and platinum in five other countries. There was one single off of this one, Numb Slash Encore, hit number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100. Gomez, Collision Course, what have you got? Uh, now the year is 94 and my trunk is raw and the rear view mother is, the rear view mirror is the most I got two choices, y'all. Pull the car over or bounce on the devil, put the puddle to the floor. It's gotta be Lincoln Park and Jay-Z with Points of authority, 99 problems, and one step closer. Those lines, man, I just freaked up. Anyway, don't matter. Is one of my favorite lines in the whole song. You know what I mean? It's It was one of the best mashups I've ever heard. Um, you know, hearing Shinoda and Jay-Z and actually Chester, too, singing in this, it's just unbelievable because it's, you're going from points of authority to 99 problems to one step closer ending it with Chester, you know what I mean? It, oh, God, the hairs in the back of my neck are standing right now. That's how great that song was. Even watching the video, the the making of it was unbelievable when they did the movie. Uh, MTV did, like, the documentary for it, and they did everything. And, you know, I believe uh, Don Gilmore and Rick Rubin, I think there was somebody else on that and uh, who produced it. And let me tell you, and I think it was Shinoda who did it, too, was just unfreaking real I think it was the best mashup ever. To this day, that's what I feel. But I got to go with uh, points of authority, 99 problems, one step closer on that collision course. I can't disagree with you. That is my pick off of this album. Although I will say that the album did start pretty strong with uh, Dirt Off Your Shoulders and Lying From You. Um, like that was a good matchup as well. But you're right. This is the one that, you know, th- this is the swan song. This is the one you want to close out the night. But I would go so far as to say, and if we're taking a look at eras here, this song, this Points of Authority, 99 Problems, One Step Closer, and really this whole album, this is the 2000s era equivalent of Anthrax and Public Enemy doing Bring the Noise. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I, I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. You know, which, of course, was the 90s equivalent of Aerosmith and Run DMC doing Walk This Way. You know, like it's, it's not like you know, we're, we're not used to the idea of metal and hip-hop you know mashing up together it's it's Mm -hmm. been done it's been done well this album as a mashup and that's the thing normally it was just like okay let's let's just kind of rockify this song a little bit or let's kind of you know hip-hopify this song or you get those collaborations like the spawn soundtrack or the judgment night soundtrack you know it's it's not 
new territory, but I think it's solid. And I think the level of these two artists, Linkin Park and Jay-Z, at that time, you can't deny that in their genres, they were arguably the biggest thing of the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would say it was. It was... You never would thought that the number one hip hop artist at that time, Jay Z, and the number one new metal band would mash up together, but it worked so well. And you know, kudos to them for doing it. Yeah, I, I don't think you could take an uh, like a Limp Bizkit and do that. And yes, I, I recognize you know Limp Bizkit. You know, everyone's got the turntables. It's, it's fine, but I think Lincoln Park was best suited to match. Jay-Z in this case. Like I think if you did oh, it with yeah. Limp Bizkit, it, it would it wouldn't come off as as sincere and as good. I can kind of see the nookie with dirt off your shoulder. Possibly. Possibly. I did it all for the nookie with dirt off my shoulder. And eh, no, not really. No, no. <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's just stick with the collision course here. Yeah, let's just stick with that. Yeah, it didn't work. Sorry. Right. <laughs> we'll forget that ever happened. Yep. Never mind. I'm I was not smoking anything or drinking yet, people. <laughs> May 14th, 2007, saw the release of Minutes to Midnight. The album hit number one everywhere. Let's just keep it simple. Hit number one everywhere. (laughs) It is five times platinum in the U.S., three times platinum in Australia, double platinum in Britain, Austria, Switzerland, and New Zealand. There were five singles off of this one. What I've done hit number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. Brian ended up going with Given Up, and Tom chose What I've Done. And... I can't disagree at all with either of those choices. I'm going to disagree, but before I do, I'm going to let I'm give you a chance to whether to agree or disagree. Minutes to midnight. What have you got? Unfortunately, I have three of them. What I've done was one of them, which you know that was the soundtrack song to Transformers. That's one, and I'll I'll give you my final one, but I'm going to explain uh, all three. Uh, Bleed it out. Probably the opening drum of this song was one of my favorites, and it just goes crazy. And No More Sorrow was the other one. But the song I'm going to go with is What I've Done. Because, again, another song that's resonated with me and showing people what I've been doing in my life and how I've been doing it and proving people wrong. And I have done a lot, and I am keep doing it until this day. You know what I mean? So that song resonates so much to me. And this, again, another great album. You know, No More Sorrow is another one, too, but and Bleed It Out, just because I love this, the, the way the song was so quick. But what I've done, it, that's another one that resonates with me. So kudos to Brian on that one, man. He knows how to pick a good song from a brother from another mother. <laughs> I, I did almost go with Given Up because it has that raw, like, you could play it live, right? And because, and, let's be honest, the first two albums, you would have to have one hell of a live production to be able to pull off some of those songs, given how much is in those songs, but ble- but given up has a bit more of that raw feel, but I ended up going with bleed it out. And to me, like you could, again, you could play this song live, right? You mm-hmm. easily could. It's, it's raw. It's got a lot of energy to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, with what I've done, and I'm not going to say because I heard it too many times on the radio because I'm not going to lie. I've probably heard it too many times because I watched Transformers the movie a lot. Um, so that, <laughs> you I know, still love it. <laughs> for all its Michael Bay faults, it's the first one still has its charms. I'll, I will yeah. give it that. 
Um, you know, I still it, go back and I watch the original, but I also love the last one that they came out with. Oh no! Like it's it's gotten much better, and I am still awaiting the day that we get that finally get that GI Joe Transformers movie crossover. It's going to be epic, um, right? Phenomenal. If someone were to tell you, the, you know, the year that Revenge of the Fallen and GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra were released, that yeah, someday you're going to want these two franchises to work together. Um, people will be like, yeah, no, I saw those movies, and no. But now it's like, no, no, Transformers is really starting to pull it together, and I think they can do it with G.I. Joe as well. Mm-hmm. I hope they do. Because the first one was okay, the second was... Oh, don't even get me started. Oh, Sorry, come on. Rock. I love you, Rock, but it was that bad. <laughs> well, if, if, if memory serves, I think all three G.I. Joe films actually do qualify for it's not that bad wait there was a third one yeah the snake eyes oh shoot i totally forgot about that one <laughs> so did everybody else because i, I forgot all about, you know what i didn't even remember that movie because you know what i didn't watch that one no I, not many people did not oh. many people did and keep keep in mind too like right now skydance media is the, is the one that are doing the transformers films mm-hmm. um and of course Recently, Transformers and G.I. Joe have been picked up. Like the, the rights for the comic books shifted from IDW, who lost basically they ran out on the on the license for that. And now mm-hmm. they're both owned by Image Comics, the same company that does The Walking Dead. So yeah. I would not be surprised if you start to see, you know, that that partnership kind of mm-hmm. working really mm-hmm. well together. Cause I I, I watched my Transformers G.I. Joe movie. It's gotta happen. Uh, you're, you're not the only one. September 2010 saw the release of A Thousand Sons. The album hit number one in seven different countries. It's platinum in U.S., Australia, Britain, and Canada. Once again, there were five singles off of this album. The Catalyst hit number one on the U.S. mainstream rock charts. Brian ended up going with The Catalyst, and Tom went with Iridescent. But off of A Thousand Sons, what did you have? I actually went with the Catalyst. Man, Brian knows me too well. I think he he's listened to too many Lincoln Park shows with me. Um, the Catalyst was one of my favorite songs. It, it's just the way Shinoda and and Chester sing this song. It just fits perfectly. It, it was just another song that I, I I thought fit perfectly for this album, and it just shows what Lincoln Park can do. From like I said, from being the best of new metal to a to a good. To a good song singer, to a good ballad people, man, these guys did it all. If I'm being honest about this album, it was a little harder to get into in comparison to Hybrid Theory, Meteora, and Minutes to Midnight. It did take uh, you know, a slight right turn off of a NASCAR left turn track, but there are still some moments off this album that, again, make you wish you could experience them live, and Iridescent is that for me. I can okay. see this being that let's light the arena with the cell phones because, A, those moments are great. If you've ever been in a concert, you know, when you get that moment, the the lights go down on the stage. Maybe you have just, just the spotlight, but everyone pulls out the cell phones. And if you're on the floor for those moments, it is awe-inspiring. Mm, it is. It is. And I think Iridescent would be perfect in that setting. 
I, I think you're right on that. You know, it's a, it's a great song. I'm not going to deny it. Um, but it was just one of those songs I, I, I went with everybody wanted. That being said though, like again, you being a, a big Linkin Park fan, you know, you have that three album run hybrid theory, Meteora, Mints to midnight. And then you get, you know, arguably a left turn with a thousand sons. When you first heard this album, what was your initial response on this? Uh, well, my initial response was like, what I'll even say it. What was it? Because like you said, it was a technically NASCAR drives left and it was a major right turn off the NASCAR track. Let's make sure we get that correctly. <laughs> they go left in circles. NASCAR, they don't go right. Except when they go to, uh, uh, not God, Talladega with that. God love the road course. Yeah. The road courses. Exactly. In, uh, Carolinas and, uh, Oh, Napa Valley, I think it is. Um, I It took me a couple of times to listen to the album to really, really enjoy it. But then after a while, as being a true Linkin Park fan, you got to listen to the music. You got to listen to the lyrics. And it ended up being a very, I, I thought, a very good album. And, you know, again, wasn't their hybrid theory, wasn't Minotauria. You know, it wasn't Collision Course. I get it. They were trying something. They were trying to stick with the times, too, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. They they were they were trying to make sure that they didn't lose. Um, I get I, I want to say their edge, but I guess what they are known for, you know what I mean. So I think that's why I think this album went woo, and you know, and but I thought it was a great album. So it took it took me a couple of times to listen, but you know, you don't have Rick Rubin on the behind that one, you know what I mean. You had Brad Delson and uh, Emily Hain as the producers with Mike Shinoda. You know what I mean? So, but it, it was different. It was a different vibe. You could tell um, they were trying to go somewhere different. You know what I mean? Next up was Living Things, released June in 2012. The album hit number one in seven countries because that's what Linkin Park is going to do. <laughs> Double platinum in Germany and platinum in the U.S., Austria, Switzerland, and France. There were four singles off of this one. Burn It Down hit number one on the mainstream rock charts. Brian went with Living Things and Tom went with Burn It Down. Off of Living Things, what did you go with? So off of Living Things, I you want to talk about a left turn? Wait till you hear this one. Burn It Down, great song. I love it. Every time I hear it, Lost in the Echoes is another one. I'll Be Gone, Castle of Glass. But ready for this one? I went with Roads Untraveled. I could see that. And I, I, I just heard the mouth dropped when I said it too. Why did I pick Roads on Travel? First of all, it was in one of my favorite movies, Need for Speeding. You know how I am with movies. You um, know. <laughs> at the end of the movie. But when I heard that song for the first time and I'm like, wow, I forgot it was Linkin Park because I haven't heard the album in a while. So I'm just sitting there and listening to Shinoda and Chester sing that song. And not trying to make it like a power, like a power ballad, but like a, just a good ballad for them just shows their range of music. And that's why I went with Roads Untraveled. This album did have a lot of a weird back kind of feel, you know, songs like Lost in the Echo and Burn It Down. Like it, it really it, it packed a, a big punch, especially coming off of A Thousand Suns. This album felt more like the follow up to mid uh, front to Minutes to Midnight. But for me, I think it was In My Remains that really stood out for me on this one and it's, it's got a good sing-along the harmonies on this 
are so on point. And I, I think that's something that maybe goes a little unnoticed is some of the harmonies. You know, you get a lot of the power, you know, you get you get the, the back and forth between, you know, Chester and Mike Shinoda. But in this case, on this song, on In My In My Remains, the harmonies really stood out for me on this one. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that too. Two more albums to go. The first one of them being, <laughs> I know, I know, we'll, we'll get you through this. We'll get you through this. <laughs> the first one of those being The Hunting Party, released in June 2014. The album hit number three in the U.S. and number one in Germany and Switzerland. It was platinum in the U.S. and Germany. Five singles off of this one, Until It's Gone was the highest charting. It hit number 17 on the mainstream rock charts. Now, both Tim and Brian went with Wastelands, but off of The Hunting Party, what did you go with? So... Off the hunting party, now everyone's going to, again, I'm going to go left on this one because they're like, what the hell, Gomez? But I actually went with Final Masquerade. I I, I just love the drum beat to that song, the way Chester sings it. It's it just, you know, you, you were thinking when you heard that song, is this the last masquerade for them? You know what I mean? You're thinking, I had hit after hit, title after title, Starting from Hybrid Theory, Metoria, Collision Course, Minutes of Midnight, um, A Thousand Sons, Living Things, uh, Now the Hunting Party. You know, with this song, you were thinking that it was the final song, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? They, they again, <laughs> one more good album <laughs> before we talk about that one. But I, I truly like this song a lot. It was just, it just had heart and meaning, I think, to it, the way Chester sung it. I, I can see that. And I remember when that, uh, you know, when I got to that song, I'm like, oh, wow, there's this is a really, really good way to end the album. There were a couple songs on here, though, that really stood up for me. The first one was War. War is a good one, too. It's, it's got almost like a punk rock vibe to it. And I, I was really surprised at just how ferocious that song was. But then I heard Guilty all the same. Mm-hmm. This one, phenomenal epic intro and it almost had an avenge sevenfold vibe to it and like even the breakdown with uh with rakim who's the who's the featured star on this one like there's so much to this song and i'll be honest this was the first time i had actually heard it and immediately it stood out here's the thing with this album the hunting party you know i think from the living things and a thousand sons before that they were trying to get back to them Again, they were trying to bring back hybrid theory more, you know, go back to that edge that they had for, for a long, long time. Um, because this one, I think Brad Delson was the producer and it was Mike Shinoda. So there was only two guys on this one, but they really brought this one back. Uh, I think harder, you know, like, like I said, hybrid theory and Meteora, you know, those were their hardest ones. And this one was their third hardest one. And I could see, too, you know, why Linkin Park fans would be wondering if they were going to get another album. Because keep in mind, around this time, Chester Bennington is also singing with Stone Temple Pilots. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing that lineup for STP. I was at the the Shindig Festival in Baltimore uh, oh, wow. when they were performing. And phenomenal, phenomenal festival. I don't know if Shindig's actually happening anymore. So Baltimore listeners, please let me know if Shindig is still happening because it was a great festival. Um, you know, 
you had Godsmack, you had Anthrax, you had STP with Chester Bennington. Um, this is that was the first time I saw nothing more. Like great, great bands, great venue. Like the the the, the park that it was in was wonderful. And Chester did a decent job with STP. I was actually surprised mm-hmm. at just how well he fit in. Like he had that Wyland vibe on stage with him. And that's not to take away from either Wyland or even Jeff Gutt, who I've seen him with Stone Temple Pilots as well. And Jeff Gutt is the perfect front man to continue on with STP. But I think Chester Bennington, that era, you know, there were some who said it didn't work. I thought it worked perfectly, and that's because I saw it live and appreciated both. Yeah, you know, I, I, I got to see. I didn't get to see STP with Chester. That was something I would love to have seen because I, I, I get that, you know, that wild vibe with him too. You know what I mean? Like um, uh, the band member I just talked to, and you know, from in theory, the lead singer Tony Cavino. Um, a great example is when uh, Temple of the Dog, when Chris Cornell was singing with Temple of the Dog and they did Hunger Strike with Chester Benefield. The guy who I talked to, Tony Cavino from In Theory, if you listen to his voice, you think he was Chris Cornell. And if you hear that version now, you know, with it, Chester and Chris Cornell singing that song, it's, you know. Un- wow. Yeah. That, that's all I could say. But I'm going to tell you, the guy In Theory, Tony Cavino, the lead singer of In Theory, he sounds like Chris Cornell. And that's that's one thing I said that attracted me to you guys to hear to talk to you guys on my show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was on they were just unbelievable guys. Oh, and I mean, I still remember Chris Cornell's death very, very well. Um because it happened on a Wednesday night. Let, let, let me explain. So it happened on a Wednesday night. They were on tour. Sam Gardner was on tour with the Pretty Reckless. And the, the next day, Carrie and I were driving down to Columbus, Ohio to go to Rock on the Range. And Soundgarden was supposed to headline the Friday night. And, you know, I woke up, you know, and popped on CNN. And they were talking about Chris Cornell's death. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And the whole drive down from Toronto to Columbus, you know, and it's it's kind of, you know, front of mind, right? And... You know, that, that, the whole vibe of that day, like that, that Friday was, you know, not, not downright somber, but more reflective. And anyone who ever went to rock on the range knows that more often than not, you're going to have to evacuate the, the stadium every now and then because of the rain that's going to hit. It's, it's just going to happen. Um, but it was especially like we got hit good with a with a with a wind and rainstorm that day and you know they had to push a few things around but at the end of the day you know they didn't they didn't replace the slot with anybody um it was just a, a video tribute and uh memory service Corey taylor did a couple of acoustic songs uh just to just in remembrance but i think the hardest part of that was on the sunday the pretty reckless who were opening for soundgarden on that tour uh, had their set and they finished their set with just Taylor Momsen and her guitarist doing an acoustic version of Like a Stone and it hit hard. I I, I don't know how she got through that song. Like you, you could see she was struggling. 
And, right. you know, it's understandable, really. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now that we're talking about it, you know what I mean? With, you know, uh, Chester Bennington, man. Um, though, him and Chris Cornell were really good friends, actually, if you think about it. They, um, uh, from, I remember when Chris passed away, Chester was having trouble struggling with it. And I remember they did, um, Lincoln Park did a tribute too, if I remember a song for Chris and you could tell Chester was just having a hard time doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's gone way, way, way too soon, which leads us to the last album. One More Light, released May 19th, 2017. The album hit number four in four countries. It was gold in five countries. There were three singles off of this one, the highest charting being Heavy, featuring Kiara. That hit number two on the mainstream rock charts. Brian went with One More Light, and Tom went with Good Goodbye. So off of the last studio album from Lincoln Park, Gomez, what did you go with? I went with Heavy. Um, That was the final song that it, for me, that I could hear Chester trying to scream for help. You know what I mean? Um, especially in the first thirds, I don't like my mind right now. And when you hear that, you know something's up. You know what I mean? You, no one starts off their career and their song like that. Um, and, you know, another part of it is like, I'm holding on now. I'm holding on. Why is everything so heavy? I'm holding on so much more than I can carry. That's a guy who's battling a major, God bless you, a major, major depression um, and anxiety. You know what I mean? And this song just hits home. And just hearing that, the lyrics, uh, you know, part of my show now, I, I, I've been trying to raise awareness to, you know what I mean? And um, this is now going to probably be a topic soon in my show about, you know, suicide and stuff like this because Chester left us way, way too early, just like Chris Cornell did. And for me, this was the last song I keep thinking about. And I couldn't hear the rest of the album because once I heard this song and I hear of Chester passing on, it just, I couldn't listen to any other song in the album. And that's the thing too. Like, I'm sure when this album first came out and people are listening to it going, this is a, this is a much more, you know, pulled back darker vibe to it and then of course Chester's death and you're like you start to re-listen to the lyrics and whatnot and go wow there's there's a lot on this album that does feel almost like a like an explanation letter almost and Mm -hmm. you know obviously and it should be noted by the way if you ever have suicidal thoughts or if you ever feel like you need to reach out there are supports out there uh help phone lines counselors though go talk to somebody please you know um the world is always better with everyone in it so Mm -hmm. if if you ever find yourself ever questioning or ever doubting or ever just needing an ear to bend please go talk to someone don't bottle it up don't don't try to push through. Reach out. Even if you have not talked to that person in God knows how many years, reach out to that person because it will save your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting back to the, the album here. I yeah. did end up going with Heavy. Again, this song, you know, when you look at it in hindsight, 
probably was a message. Um, mm-hmm. I probably like a lot of this album as well. But then just to, to put it into perspective too, when you realize what everyone just went through over the last three years with the pandemic and staying at home mm-hmm. and, and dealing with a lot of emotions that they probably had bottled up inside, you know, this song also feels like the song that everyone needed in, you know, from 2020 to 2022. And, yeah. you know, it's almost like rather than take a look at it as, as a, uh, a cry for help as you mentioned uh but look at it as almost like a last gift for people a song to get people through and mm-hmm. that's almost a a better way i think of looking at it it's it's a tough album in hindsight but yeah. um not not that i'm saying the bad music i'm saying it's a tough album because of the weight of the lyrics in it right and i agree with you 100 percent on that um just it, it's just a tough very tough song overall um, for me, and I think for anybody too, you know what I mean. That's going through all that, through all that trouble. So you realize, speaking of tough, we now get to the really hard part of the show. So Gomez, I'm going to get you to go through your list, mm-hmm. rerun, you know, run the list through, and if there can only be one song, what's it going to be? All right. So let's start off with the list here, as I. Opened my book back up. I accidentally <laughs> closed it. <laughs> so hybrid three and one with in the end, uh, Meditoria, somewhere I belong, collision course, points of authority slash ninety nine problems and one step closer, uh, minute to midnight, uh, no more sorrow. No, what, what I've done. Sorry, what I've done. Should have crossed them out because I had all three there. Uh, what I've done. <laughs> my head's going spatter. A thousand suns, the catalyst. Uh, Living Things, Roads Untraveled, The Hunting Party, The Final Masquerade, and One More Light Heavy featuring Kira. Now, if there was just one song that that I'm going to say I'm going to listen to over and over again, I repeat the damn lyrics so much, and that I listen to so consistently, it's every single damn thing, but there is only could be one. It's got to be from the collision course, points of authority, 99 problems, and one step closer. I will say that. <laughs> nice. I I love the pick. Love the pick. Not the one I expected, but I love the pick. I know, because I like to throw curveballs sometimes. Right? All right. So off of hybrid theory, I went with one step closer. Off of Meteor, I went with faint. From collision course, I, like you, went points of authority, 99 problems, one step closer. From minutes to midnight, I went with bleed it out. Off of A Thousand Suns, I went with Iridescent. From Living Things, I went with In My Remains. From The Hunting Party, I went with Guilty All the Same. And off of One More Light, I too chose Heavy. But if there could only be one, for me, this is a no-brainer. It's faint. The, the, the power, the song, the video, the everything. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is Linkin Park. And if I'm making a mixtape... Whether that's it be in there. In, yeah, it's, it's got to be in there. Yeah. Okay. Know. Gomez, thank you so much. Now, before we go, I want to give you the space here. The mic is yours. Please let all of our listeners know about the Sleepy G Show. What's it about? Where can they find it? And your website. Wow. You know, it's been a while since I did one of these. So thank you, Jason, man, for having me on, first of all. Um, you know, it's been a true pleasure, man. We've been going back and forth from Playlist Wars now to Sleepy G Show and done some great things together. And, you know, with, all your podcast shows. I've been special guests. I think every single one, except for one now. Um, and I can't thank you enough, Jason. So buddy, thank you again for having me. 
Uh, the Sleevy G Show, man, what can I say? It's me and I talk about everything. Uh, raising awareness, talking about food, talk about sports, talk about music, talk about life now. You know what I mean? It's a little bit about everything. It's about what I like and what I like to talk about with everybody else. It's just not one topic. Um, you can find me on my website on com. Yes, there's an S at the end because I was not thinking at that time. Um, but you can find me on YouTube under the Sleevy G Show, Spotify, Good Pods, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, everywhere that you can hear podcastings and you can watch me on YouTube. All I ask is you guys hit that subscribe, watch the shows, enjoy them. I, I'm i surprised how great I'm doing. I can't thank enough as the, the listeners because without you guys – for a small indie podcaster like myself, Jason, Brian Colburn, uh, there's so many to name. I can't th- say everybody here, but, you know, check them out. Listen, because everyone's got a great thing going and we're just going to get better. And hopefully we all get to the, t- the plateau that we all want, man. So that's uh, that's about it with the Sleepy D show, man. I got some great episodes coming up. Going to have some holiday uh, Christmas episode going to be recorded soon. You know, I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff, man. You realize we're going to have to get you on Keep Watch Pass one of these days so you can say that you've done the Quadfecta. Yeah, I think I might be the, no, I might not be the first one who did the Quadfecta for your shows, am I? Well, does Carrie count? Because, you know, Carrie's Carrie count. No, no. She, she's contractually obligated. Be my she, wife. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she, she's technically, but on special guest side, if I hit that, then, you know, shoot. I did it. I, <laughs> I'll be I, the first. I, I, I was about to say, you know, if if Carrie's contractually obligated, it doesn't count. Then yes, you could you would be the first quadfecta guest. On I got to do the I got to do the quadfecta. <laughs> Gomez, I, thank you, thank you so much. Absolutely, <laughs> we're gonna make it happen. We'll we'll have a little celebration. I would. I wish we could get cake in both cities here, but we'll, oh, we'll make that happen. You know what? That, uh, don't worry. I'll make myself a little pie here. <laughs> I was understanding you were supposed to be pie. I, I want some pie. <laughs> Gomez, you're always welcome on any show. You know that. And to you, our listeners, you guys know the drill. If there's an artist that you want us to cover, hit us up on social media at only one cast or go to our website at notthatbadcast.com. Uh, and while you're there, you can check out all of our other shows. It's not that bad. Keep watch pass and the occasional greeting on a curve episode episode remember tune into the sleepy g show wherever you get your podcasts or on youtube for us you know where to find us and you know how how it goes this is there can only be one until next time everyone i'm jason take care it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play whether you play fantasy football daily fantasy sports or do a little bit of everything fantasy points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 